Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 206. The Swan Princess. Escape to which mountain? I mean, escape from Castle Mountain. I mean, the secret of the castle. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. My name is Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. And we are your hosts today as we are going to be talking about the dearest film to our hearts. Actually, one that we just watched for the first time ever. So this is going to be an interesting one. (laughs) Buckle up, buttercup. If you are a Swan Princess fan, which I am a Swan Princess fan, but I never saw this one. Boy, oh boy, is it night and day different from the first. And (laughs) let's be honest, the first isn't just this classic, but it's a classic in my eyes. It is. And so it's like on this really high pedestal for nostalgic reasons, but this one has none of that nostalgia. And yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it. In case you haven't been able to figure out which uh, there's a lot of these movies that aren't that great. Let's be real. <laughs> the Swan Princess Escape from Castle Mountain. I just like to call it The Swan Princess 2. It's a better name. There's all sorts of names, which we kind of alluded to in the episode title. There's has a different name in Europe, and it kind of reminds me of Escape to Witch Mountain. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, well, on our 200th episode, or it was 202, which one was it? <laughs> one of the episodes, the Black Cauldron episode. I think it was two or two. We were talking about the Black Cauldron, obviously. And Morgan mentioned that she wanted to watch all of the Swan Princess movies because it was directed by the same guy who directed that movie. And she said, this is what I've decided. I'm going to watch all of the Swan Princess movies so you don't have to. Which I was like, yes, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah Yeah. here we are (laughs) yeah that's the title of my video so you definitely should go check that out on youtube i titled it very appropriately i watched all of the swan princess movies so you don't have to dot 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 unless you're chelsea and i'm gonna force you to watch it for the podcast so here we are so you're welcome (laughs) but i'll include a link in the show notes because man i've been on quite the journey watching these films general information for this film uh, we're going to get a lot of our information from box office mojo imdb wikipedia and bonus materials if known and you know random side factoids of information that we may have come across throughout our days the studio was ness entertainment and rich animation studios directed by richard rich it was released july 18th 1997 budget we, we don't know and box office, a whopping total of $273,000. Oh. 
Yeah, so the reason it didn't do so hot is because it it wasn't really released as a theatrical release. It was always meant to be a direct-to-video release, and they just had this, you know, a, a little bit of a showing in a few theaters here and there. So it did make some money, but it really wasn't the point, if you will. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, we weren't able to find how much it actually made on video, though, because, see, the thing is, The Swan Princess was a video that a lot of girls, Morgan and mine age, had. Mm-hmm. And so the VHS market was definitely where it shined. Um, so I don't know how this did. Obviously, it didn't do great because neither of us had it. But yeah, that's that's where we're starting. So you'll notice when Chelsea mentioned the studios, there were two that were listed, Nest Entertainment and Rich Animation Studios. And I am a Richard Rich fan. I like his work, if you will. <laughs> I I am also a fan. And so I was a little bit confused because I always thought that Nest Entertainment was Rich's studio in addition to Rich Animation Studios. So what was the deal here? Did he have two different studios that were working? And so off I went to Wikipedia because, you know, Wikipedia basically provides a lot. It's a, it's a great, you know, people bash on Wikipedia, but it's a great starting place. Yeah. For some of your research, just to get like a high level, you know, people like to put all the information right there. So you can start there and then you can do more digging later. So Rich Animation Studios. Richard Rich, the poor guy, his studios have gone through so many different names. So initially it was called Rich Entertainment from 1986 to 1993. Then it was called Rich Animation Studios from 1993 to 2000. Then it was called Rich Crest Animation Studios from 2000 to 2007. Rich Crest, basically they were bought by another company called Crest Animation. It was an Indian um, an Indian animation studio. And so they, they kind of merged and bought it. So they kind of had these two names since, um, it acquired rich animation studios in 2000. And so with some acquisitions, they kind of keep both of the names there, but then it was ultimately changed to just crest animation studios just to keep things simple and easy. And then, okay, so there's that. The Rich Crest Animation Studios stuck around for a while, but eventually they just renamed it to Crest Animation Productions. So again, another name change. And then that shut down in 2013 and was folded into a company called Splash Entertainment. So we have Splash Entertainment, which basically is the studio now that he's working for. But now, time out, let's go back to where we were. That is the history of Rich Animation Studios. What is this Nest Entertainment? So I clicked on Nest Entertainment and basically it was a family entertainment company that started in the 80s and they did a lot of these Bible videos. It was a separate studio that Richard Rich owned and he owned it from 1987 to 1993 and then they renamed it to Rich Animation Studios. So I think because there were like these two different companies that ultimately Richard Rich ended up owning and they like came together yeah, it's it's very confusing. I'm like, just pick a name, quit, quit merging and acquisitioning and all of these things. So um, either way, Richard Rich was involved all along the way. So by 1997, when this film came out, uh, apparently there was still a little of this, a little of that. But according to Wikipedia, which may be wrong, because according to this, Nest Entertainment was folded into Rich Animation Studios in 1993. So what is the truth? I need to get <laughs> Richard Rich on the phone. Please tell me the history of Rich Animation Studios because Wikipedia is not doing it for me. 
Yeah, there was definitely been times when I've wanted to reach out to Richard Rich and be like, hey, I'd love to do an interview with you. And I think I probably will. But at the same time, there are moments where I have this like inner fangirl that like freaks out and is like, oh, no, I, I don't know if I'll be able to come up with something intelligent to say or, you know, it happens, <laughs> right? Right. I guess this is also where I'm going to talk about the last episode where I had this interview with Steve Gordon and it was great. He was awesome. Here's the thing. I didn't know. He said anything Richard has ever done, Richard has ever done. I've done all of the character design for it. And yes, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't you don't you don't hear this in the podcast, but in inside I'm going like, what? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's. And especially the moment where he asks, <laughs> when I'm like, yeah, we're going to play Catch and Fire. And he's like, you you mean you do this with other people? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're that nerdy? Well, yes. This wasn't just a thing that you created for me? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. It's probably one of my like proudest moments <laughs> in the podcasting I sphere. It. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah that's just going back on that last episode if you haven't heard it go check him out he's got a lot of really cool things and we talk about the whole body of his career but yeah like i said it's it was that moment when when he said that that i was like my original intention of talking about the <laughs> about talking about the black cauldron out the window nope i don't even care about this <laughs> but i feel like yeah. i should have even gone even deeper because that's that's the moment when I should have just let my inner fangirl like come out and been like, I know who you are, except I didn't know who yeah. you were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of that meme where the guy's walking with the girl and the, the other girl walks by and he's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's him. Like, Chelsea, the Black Cauldron, and then Swan Princess. Ooh. <laughs> Swan, so. Richard Rich, everything you've ever done over there. Yeah, and he was... He was very surprised that I had seen almost all of the Bible videos that he had done. So he's just like, oh, nice. oh, okay, you're one of those. <laughs> so, yep, I know yep. the whole body yep. of your work. <laughs> yep, so, I am. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, go back, check that out because it's a good time. And other than that, I think, Morgan, should we eventually reach out to Richard Rich? It is time. <laughs> it is time. Yes. <laughs> to, to quote Rafiki, <laughs> it is time. Yes, let's do it. Let's make the Richard Rich interview happen. All right. And hey, you happen to know someone who knows him. So, hey. This is true. I will get that number. Get your digits. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I think we've delayed this enough, Chelsea. It is time for us to actually sit down and talk about Swan Princess 2 Wait, I have written right here, race to which mountain, which is not what it is. That's my joke. What is the actual thing? It just doesn't even make sense. Escape, wait, escape from Castle Mountain. Here we uh, go. I mean, like, I guess that happened, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a great title. And in Europe, it's called the secret of the castle. And I'm like, what is the secret of the castle? That orb that yeah. has the, the dark arts. Why don't you just call it? The Orb of the Dark Arts or something. I don't know. I feel like that's better. <laughs> or Swamp Princess 2, 
She's a swan again. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right. (laughs) To the theater. That's what you do for a friend. Oh, that's what you do for a friend. That's what you do for a friend, my friend. That's what you do for a friend. We never saw this movie up until today, but Morgan was supposed to watch this and tell me about it. And instead, she's like, no, I want your your thoughts on this. So I start watching. And as I start watching, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish that we were watching this together, like doing a watch along, because I have so many snarky comments that no one is going to be able to appreciate right now. <gasps> if a snarky comment happens in the woods and no one is there to hear it, <laughs> did the snarky comment ever happen? Oh, deep thoughts by Morgan. <laughs> So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll admit Chelsea, I'll admit right now I'm on this endeavor of watching all 10 of the Swan princess films. Uh-huh. And so I watched this one and I'm like, well, we got another movie that we're supposed to watch for the podcast, but I already watched this one. It's already check. Oh, it's already done. It's checked it. off the list. So how about instead of me watching another movie, considering I have eight of these to get through, I just tell Chelsea to watch this one. So my plan worked. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I'm the true evil villainess. I get it. I get it. Well, so tell me, what were your thoughts? (laughs) So going back to original thoughts, I never saw this film, although I, and we, in my household, the Swan Princess was never a film that we owned. I always had to go over to my friends, the Carpenters, shout out to Sarah and Jenny, if they are listening, and I would watch it there. And of course, it always seems like the movies that you had at your friend's house were so much cooler right? Yeah. It's like, ooh, this one, the one that I don't have in my house. I mean, these Disney plus brats are so spoiled nowadays. <laughs> they really are. They have everything at their fingertips. And I know that they did have the Swan Princess sequels and 97. Yeah. That's when I moved out of that neighborhood. I moved to a different neighborhood. So I think by the time that that's when you came into my world. Yes. I moved into Chelsea's world. Yes. I just didn't have the opportunity to watch it with them, even though I'm pretty sure they had two and three by that point. We were maybe a little too old, like, or at least it was like, oh, maybe I don't want to ask if we can watch this. <laughs> right. There were other movies. <laughs> hey guys, it's a sleepover. So what do you want to watch? <laughs> well, I've been dying to watch Swan Princess 2. So, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but no, <laughs> but yeah, so this film, it's funny because it's just kind of weird in a lot of places. Like here's the way that sequels can go. Sequels can really just rehash the plot of the first one just in a different way. Like, Ooh, a spin or go down a completely different path, you know? And I feel like this one kind of is in the first camp where it's more or less rehashing. So we have this villain who is Sir Clavius and he admittedly acknowledges that he's a third rate villain. (laughs) I think even the filmmakers were like, yeah, we got nothing for you. So (laughs) we're just going to do the classic sequel villain thing where it's the apprentice. I mean, this is what we see in return of Jafar too. is like, Oh, the, the sidekick or the number two or the apprentice, they come around. It's like, now that my master is gone, the power is mine. Right. And that's kind of what this is. So we have the apprentice of the old villain who more or less has the same motives as the original villain. So you notice first off that Derek has a different speaking voice. I thought so. I was like, what's going on here? And I was just too lazy to Google it. But I'm like, 
That's not my Derek. It's not Derek. No. Um, but this one was done by Douglas Sills, who I thought he did a fine job, like fine en- en- enough. But it's like, you know, when you are used to your Derek, you know, it's hard to have any other voice other than the original. That was the speaking voice. And they had Kenneth Cope come in and do the singing for the remix at the end. I was like, interesting choice. Okay. Um, they had, they kept the same, there was a little bit of a change in Odette as well in the fact that they kept the same voice for both singing and speaking. So before it was Liz Calloway came in and did all the singing for it and shout out to Liz Calloway who has no reason to ever listen to this whatsoever, but (laughs) I saw her, the singing voice of. Anastasia. Yes. And I saw her at a, like an independent musician convention one time. And I was like, it's her. Like, this is one of those moments where like my fangirl moments, like I should have gone over and said hello. And and, like, hi, I remember you, but I also didn't want to be that girl. And so instead I just did it on Twitter and she was like, why didn't you come over? And I was like, cause I was afraid. Oh, it's okay. I'm getting better. I am. It's fine. But yeah, so it's like the whole thing starts out and you can tell she is, well, they start out and you have this guy who's coming in and setting up traps. So he's setting up traps and you're like, ooh, what is happening here? And then all of a sudden it skips over to Odette and Odette is getting all ready because it's her one year anniversary of being married to Derek. And then they have like Bridget. Okay, Bridget is just a charity case. Why is Bridget here? I understand why she's here. They use her later, but no, she's just a charity case. And no, and she's weird. I didn't realize from the first film that she kind of can't talk very well. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I never really picked up on that or it just was much more accentuated than this one. I'm like, is English a second language <laughs> for her? Because she's really struggling to to make this happen. Yeah, I don't. It was just kind of like using one word phrases and sentences yeah it was it was not fleshed out as far as like what why is she here but things that i was wondering like there are no other people here it's just odette and bridget in this room and then you have just derek and then you also see uh <laughs> you got bromley and that's like literally it so there you go. <laughs> like so that's all you see at well, first. Well, okay, so here's here's my question. Where are they? Like what castle are they in? Are they in They're clearly not in Derek's castle, so they're in Odette's castle? No, this isn't even Odette's castle. This is the castle they're that they the found. They're in the castle by the by Swad Lake? Yes. They just like Why are they living there? <laughs> here's here's my like, whole thing, Morgan. As we're going through and watching this, I'm realizing who the real villains of this whole story are. Derek and Odette are literally just squatting at this castle. And personally, I think that that means that they are the real villains of the situation because this is government overstep for sure. Like wh- who do they think they are? The Bureau of Land Management? Well, no. Come on now. Well, no, they did. They did conquer Rothbard. Technically, that was Rothbard's castle. Was no? it his? Like, and that's the other thing. It's uh, like, okay, yeah, was it yeah, his, castle? his castle? He lived. Okay, he lived by Swan Lake. They destroyed him. He's <laughs> dead. So of course, like as in conquest, it's it's yeah, it's theirs now. But like, I get it. It's a it's a castle by a lake. It's so romantic. But I'm pretty sure the other one had one too. So her ha- her castle. Her castle? No, yeah. yeah. And that's the funny thing is, like, she should be... Okay, her dad died. 
So nobody is being king over, there's no king uh, over her castle and her kingdom. So really, they've just probably become a democracy of some kind. So they're probably better off. But these guys over here, like they're just sitting squatting and they have like two people on staff and that's it. So everybody's like, nobody's getting paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going back to the castle thing. <laughs> right, this is the thing. Like, so here, but here's, it doesn't make sense, okay? We're going to, you know, we a few episodes ago, we talked about the order of secession, right? So right. Derek's mom is a widow. So she would be the queen regent uh-huh. in, you know, typical hierarchies. Uh-huh. Unless she's a queen kind of like in the queen of England, where until she dies, then Derek cannot inherit the throne. Uh-huh. Or there could be the other way where she just is kind of, she stands in place of the queen until he comes of age and then it's his kingdom. I don't think that's the way that this works. I think she is ruling the roost until she dies. I think, yeah. He is the heir to her kingdom once she dies. Cool. Check. Got it. Okay. So it makes sense that since he's married, it's only been a year, like we're not going to hang out at my mom's house. You got a place over here. So let's go over here. Your dad isn't around. So boom. So Odette is now queen essentially, or should be ruler of this. Right. Uh, unless there's some, unless women in her kingdom cannot become, you know, the, the monarch, but there was and there's no some heir. cousin, some, <laughs> well, that's true. There's some cousin somewhere like, you know, maybe we'll find out in one of the sequels. Who's like, actually I am the, the true prince or I am the true King. I don't know. That's not made clear, but I'm just assuming that she's in charge. Right. So that's makes sense that her land is, you know, the one that they're going to hang out. She's the queen and he would be the King. And then once the mom dies, he would be the king. And obviously their lands are then truly uh, joined at that point. And then we got the swan like, okay, I know you said we weren't going to sing, but we need to sing again. <laughs> Our lands so, will be united. <laughs> Wait, that's the point. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> it's such good parenting. And politics. And politics. So then there is Swan Lake Castle, which is the palace where Rothbart lived for many years. So Which just apparently kind of this- he was with... Uh, this Sir Clavis, Sir Clavius. Yes. Yep. And that that's on Swan Lake. And uh-huh. uh, apparently me looking right now at the Swan Princess wiki, <laughs> it does make an appearance in the third film. So, oh. and some other films. So we can't get away from the Swan Lake because it's kind of the whole point of the series. It's her place. Can't get away from the Swan thing. Anyways, that is the three kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> and so going back, that's, that's why they live here, I guess, because they destroyed Rothbart and this is now her castle. This is her castle and it must be so much better than her own. So that's why they live there. <laughs> There's a point in time where Derek was like, oh, I must save. It's all for the kingdom. And it's like, what kingdom? You've got what two kingdom? people. <laughs> <laughs> right there's no servants there's no people there's no yeah and that's so funny okay maybe it's their summer home I, I, hey that could also be a thing but there's a point where he's like he comes in and you know these fields that have been worked are now set on fire and so he comes in uh, odette is like she's sad because she's already she's made this whole anniversary dinner for him and he's just been all over the place and hasn't really shown her much attention and he's just like i'm sorry odette but you know there's a fire somebody keeps setting fire on the lands i gotta go take care of it and she like acts all like oh again you're doing this again and i'm like girlfriend are you like more concerned that so if somebody came in and was causing trouble in my fields and like committing arson i would be a lot more concerned yeah. and i feel like girlfriend you just then your anniversary picnic right right like 
this I would take ownership of the situation as well. Like equally, if not more so, if I know that like this is my place, like I am I'm here. So yeah. Right. Also, I mean, Derek, this is a problem with Derek. He's it seems to be her kingdom. Maybe, maybe because he maybe it's his kingdom. Maybe he gets the rights. So I don't know who necessarily I mean, owns it. I mean, they're married to whatever. What's what's <laughs> ours is ours. Yeah. Right. So what's yours is mine. So, but like he's always in charge and having to do stuff. And so, yeah, there's the fields are on fire. But do you not have another servant who can go and handle that? Like an army, maybe? Like, why is it always Derek? Uh, Derek, you need to l- figure out how to delegate. This is not your job as the king. I'm, there are other people who can handle this much better than you. I know are you, there? you feel important. Are there though? But yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going gonna... to assume, but apparently not. <laughs> like the, really the only other Hard person, times. the only things that he can send are these talking animals, which, okay. I need some like, <laughs> like really pro I have a big problem with the talking animals. I need some consistency here. How in the world are all of the animals able to talk? except for the lone wolf right <laughs> like everybody can talk or and later is like understanding oh you know oh yeah they, they just throw that out the door like before the only one who could understand the animals was what was debt in her swan form yeah. now it's like eh, whatever like it's just I too confusing that. so like they can, they can understand them all even Derek can understand Odette when she's a swan in right. this one. Which would have been really helpful in the first one if she just could have flown to the party and said, like, hey, it's me. It's I'm a me. swan. I know this is crazy, but this is me, Odette. But no, yeah, for the plot, that uh, we couldn't have that happen in the first one. But for the plot in the second one, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Just make it happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the best part. Okay, so there's a point where his mom gets taken and it's her birthday. It's her fiftieth birthday. They they make that the thing. Uh Miss Uberta turns fifty. I would have expected a lot older. To I be would honest. Have I thought sixty. <laughs> like, it, that yeah. gray hair really ages you. It does. It's probably I mean, I don't even know where to go from here. That's it. <laughs> even know know. so okay so uberta is need something they need a plot point to get us back to this place right they to have him wait wait, well she was a favorite so they gotta keep her there where did they take her then what cat is that a fourth castle where they took the mountain like this camp the mountain the volcano thing yeah 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 the volcano okay which and there was a castle inside the mountain yes no, I kind think of. it was just like a hideaway, which actually I was quite impressed with. I was like, the fact that anybody was able to come in here and create so many pulley systems and like actual construction in this place is quite the feat of engineering. I mean, got to give it to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he says there's a part where uh, she's taken away and he gets the note saying that I have to go and help my mom. And he's like, no, no, Bromley, you can't come with me. I have to come alone. If not, he'll attack mother's kingdom. And I'm thinking with his one hired gun, like, yeah. oh gosh, <laughs> there's literally nobody here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where all the people went, but <laughs> again, it was just too hard to explain. Like, no, if, if there's other people that can help out, then we don't have a movie. That's true. Because the plot. <laughs> I just felt bad for Derek the whole time because Odette <laughs> is over here. And first off, her very first song that she comes out with is such a downer. Like, you don't start 
it was trying so hard to recreate so like her hard. magical musical number from the first one. But yeah, it failed no. miserably. Mm-hmm. You tried your best and you failed miserably. Lesson is never try. Never try. <laughs> uh, so you have Odette and she sings this song that's like the, you know, lover's lament of it's called the magic of love. Sounds like a bad 80s song to be honest. Oh, 100%. But so the, it's been a year. The honeymoon is over and now you're just complaining. Like you just sound like a complainer. Stop it, Odette. Ugh, girlfriend, get a job. <laughs> and I'm just, ugh. So she goes in and has that whole such section. And then they have, you know, obviously the animals are a part of this. But I just felt really bad for Derek because Derek, he's just, he's basically a one-man team trying to keep up a mortgage on a house that is 10 times too big <laughs> for what they can afford. <laughs> And Odette is just sitting around and she's being played as though she's the forgotten one. I'm like, no, like, go out and do something. Odette was so frustrating in this film because in the first one, especially in that opening number, we see that she's feisty and she's capable and she can totally do everything on her own. And for the most part, I mean, she takes the bull by the horns or takes the swan by the wings and she (laughs) makes things happen. She does. And this movie, it's. I think they wanted it to be more of Derek's story, but even in the first film, Derek had his part and Odette had her part, but I think they really wanted to focus on Derek. And so the only way that they could do that is like, we can't have this headstrong, capable female doing stuff, getting in the way. And so they sort of just relegate her to secondary status, just waiting in the wings, damsel in distress. You know, you go, I'll stay. <laughs> well she does go and she's like no i'm and he's trying to take care of things he's like i can just i feel for the guy because he's trying to be the good husband he's trying to be the guy that like handles everything uh, but he just he doesn't know how to schedule things very well and so he goes out and he's trying to save these fields and she's like no i'll come and she like brings all these blankets or whatever to try and help and then um he's just like you're just so good Odette you're just so good and I'm just like this is just weird and then you have the animals and the animals you got Puffin and I mean somehow Puffin like he he hits his head but his tail is bruised and so he can't fly uh what and then Derek's like don't tell Odette this is what happened like what okay this is a problem Derek like you got to be able to tell her stuff but also, I think she should understand, like the fact if she's if she's holding you to another standard that you can't, you know, go work, take care of things, and then also just be frazzled and you know without her feeling like, hey, I want all your attention. There's a there's a line that says, yeah, you should be calling your wife, but at the same time, it's like there needs to be some you know back and forth communication here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, what do I know? I'm not married. <laughs> yeah diving into marital relations and communication just wouldn't have been as fun (laughs) it's never as fun nobody wants broccoli with their ice cream (laughs) no no yeah it's interesting you know so there's really not that many characters in this film you know we have sir clavis who is the villain and he's not really that great and then we have bromley who's like a great character and i really like him but it's like nope yeah can't have you. Derek's got two guys. <laughs> he's got Bromley and he's got Lord Rogers. But Lord Rogers is really supposed to be for the queen. So, <gasps> okay. We're all over the place because this movie is kind of all over the place. It, uh, I don't know why it really needed to happen. 
I mean, I know money, <laughs> hence the reason we have 10 of these things. But <laughs> I don't know. The Sir Clavius, he's just like, ooh, I have a big beard. Ooh, I'm a mus- magician or a sorcerer and I'm looking for the dark arts, which so the dark arts whole thing was kind of weird to me because do you need to have that orb to do the dark arts? I mean, it, he was the apprentice, it, so maybe. I know, but like, do you have to actually have it in your being? Because it, that wasn't a thing for Rothbard. Like, he's doing black magic all over the place. It's not like he has, it's just you have to be the owner of it. And it doesn't matter where you are as long as like you are the owner. I you think get you just it, have to or be you have to it. be touching it. Well, yeah, because that doesn't make sense for Rothbard unless he just actually, yeah. And then there's Bridget, and she's able to turn <laughs> Odette into a swan, I guess. Just like, hey, yeah, I can do it. I mean, I watched him do it a few times. It's not that hard. I just touch the thing, and boom, you're a swan now. So that's my question. Odette, she goes back to Swan Lake. She goes in the moon thing. You know, she turns back to a human. But once the moon leaves, does that mean she turns back into a swan? Like, the vid- the movie just ends right there. So does- is that teeing us off for the three cool? <laughs> I don't know. Um maybe that would be a sucky life honestly like you you live and die by the swan mm. lake yeah like oh that I sucks guess... like you only live at night Ugh, no i don't want the graveyard shift <laughs> right so can we just talk about the music a little bit more yeah that's your thing that's Let's my do thing it. so there's there's the song we t- we talked about the magic of love aka the lover's lament song and then next is that's what you do for a friend and the moment it started, I, all I said was, oh, no, I just can't. Why did they go all MIDI on these? Like, it's, I guess. Budget. Budget, yes. That's why they dropped That's why they dropped Liz Calloway. They can't afford a Broadway legend. That's true. It's like, and they also can't afford a studio orchestra. Like, I imagine, like, for studio orchestras, there's a lot of pieces, a lot of instruments, a lot of performers. Those have to be pretty expensive well yeah i did notice they you they reused a lot of the soundtrack from the original and they reused an awful lot from the original <laughs> i felt like there was a lot of reused animation i'm like i've seen this Derek pose before i've seen <laughs> this before like, hey i mean is they're the same characters they're wearing the same oh, clothes right, right, right. They... the shoe fits no for sure you can't give them too much crap for that just because it's like money you know i get it well it's a direct-to-video sequel right yeah money save save and use the midi sure yeah you could have but it wouldn't be that difficult to hire a little like garage band like to record (laughs) it really wouldn't have and uh, you just had to get out of la but that's the thing is i think there are union laws especially for movies like this where it's like you have to use certain people which those are dumb laws. I'm just going to be honest because that just makes everything crappy. If you're able to go out and find better prices somewhere else, then let them go out and go to a right to work state. Okay. People in LA are going to hate me for saying that, but this is how, how life <laughs> is. Okay. So yeah, they have this, all this MIDI music. And so it just gets all cringe. And so she's going and singing back and forth with her animal friends and it's like, well, that's what you do for a friend. And it's just such a, it's so campy. So campy. Oh, yes. Followed by, okay, the villain song, which is You Gotta Love It. And at first I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the worst yet. Why? I, <laughs> but I have to, I have to counter that. And I say that though completely wrong for the character, the voice is good. Like, I was like. You got it. If you were to just like take that, just be on the soundtrack, 
It has absolutely no connection with his speaking voice. But if you're just listening to him on his own, I'm like, you're a good voice, dude. Good job. But then they had to like go ahead and in the animation have this like guitar solo <laughs> for the guy. <laughs> it's like we have to fill up three minutes of screen time. What do we have him do? Let's just have him do a guitar solo with a thing of fire. Oh. <laughs> you know what else oh. was, hey, we have five minutes to kill. <laughs> How about they are going to chase the orb around the entire castle and again and no again fear. and again. And the, the slip between your fingers gag. And I was like, we got it. We got, okay, yeah, it's hard to catch. Butterfingers. Okay, got it. Cool. Oh, no, we're going to keep going. Okay, great. Oh, 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 they still can't get it. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Oh, oh, whoa, it's, it, oops, it slipped away. Oh, it's bouncing down. Oh, wow, enough already. <laughs> we got it. You're trying to pad the time. Like, pad it with something else. That's also where they threw back in the original soundtrack music. So you have the villain song, and then that's basically it as far as songs. Instead of doing the obligatory 1990s R&B remix, they did oh, The yeah. Princess Rap. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And of course, no fear is the running joke throughout the whole thing. Like, don't say no fear. But it's like, it's so bad. And we <laughs> talked about I, the thing is, I, I specifically remember putting this song in a an episode at some point in time in our early years. So I'm not going to put that in there this time. <laughs> but it's a thing. And it's insane. Do it again. Come on. <laughs> Come on. When you did it, it da 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 da. Like, oh gosh. Oh, why? 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 No one wants rapping princesses. <laughs> Don't they, though? Don't they? <laughs> I say that. And next thing we know, we're going to have a rapping princess YouTube video from <laughs> Disney Music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have Sir Clavius and. There's one thing I didn't really understand. Okay, his when he comes in and he goes to get Uberta as the clown, like, first off, never trust creepy clowns. There's good clowns out there, sure. But the creepy ones, <laughs> like, they're overtly creepy. You know, that should be a red flag, I would say. Yeah, she's just so desperate for birthday acknowledgement. There's two types of people when it comes to birthdays. The people that are like, yeah, it's my birthday, cool. And then also the people who are like, it's my birthday, don't talk about it. And right. then there are, it's my birthday, give me a hat that says birthday. <laughs> Let everyone know I'm shouting from the rooftops. It's my birthday, acknowledge me, wish me happy birthday, get me a present, I am special. And that is Uberta. At least she's honest about what she wants. And, you know, there's some people who want that, but they don't want to say that they want that and then end up having like their hopes trashed and be like, oh, nobody likes me. Mm -hmm. But it's like so it's like I appreciate when people if that means if that means something to you, then you should tell people it means something to you. It's like my sister Marissa. Yeah. Birthdays are her thing. <laughs> and for yes. months ahead of time, she will text me exactly what she wants for her birthday she'll send me a picture of it or something or an email link somewhere and she literally says i want a pink pencil sharpener and a dvd chelsea okay marissa <laughs> <laughs> i will get that for you for your birthday but then there's others who it's like you didn't get me anything for my birthday i was like you want something you gotta tell me i'm not good at this so anyway i do really love you berta though like she really is way more capable than one would think. And mm -hmm. the fact that she's able to just like turn the hired muscle from one guy into her own is pretty admirable. Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> 
she is large and in charge and she was meant to rule uh-huh but the funny gag where he's in her cell and he's like arranging <laughs> her her pictures on the wall and like making this a real nice place to be like if i'm gonna be in prison at least make it a nice one yeah put nice frames like and she doesn't even know who they like put that strange looking guy over there <laughs> Like, I like you, Yuberta. Actually, did you notice that Derek really wasn't given that many speaking lines? Like, it's supposed to be more about him, but he doesn't really talk through the whole thing. Like, he's just off doing stuff and he's like, oh, okay. He's just muscling his way through, <laughs> yeah. fighting with a sword, trying to save the day. So he goes up and he's going against the, you know, the hired muscle and... At first, he falls into this pit, and he's like, you can't leave me like this. You can't let me die like this. And the- That was so pathetic. <laughs> so pathetic. He's like, you can't let me die like this. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit out of character for you. I don't feel like you would be groveling. <laughs> Bad form. Okay. This is kind of the point. <laughs> they wanted to kill you this whole time. Did you not recognize that with all of the you know crossbows at the beginning? Anyway, he ends up saving this guy in the same way and of course you knew i was a snake when you picked me up the guy hired muscle kicks him off the ledge and i'm thinking at this point like it seems like it's going to be a real issue for Derek to climb up out of this oh no actually it's going to be super easy barely an inconvenience (laughs) just climbs on up (laughs) okay we're back (laughs) oh yeah i mean i saw that a mile away it's like oh of course he's going to do the noble thing he's going to save the guy of course and i'm like yeah but we still got about 25 minutes left of this yeah he's for sure gonna turn on him and he did and he did he did (laughs) did that guy die in the end uh yeah he did he fell to his death, or at least he yeah. just fell because they were in the holy system going across the rope bridge thing. Then in order to save Odette from falling because she was as a swan wrapped up or so, <laughs> which mm. that was the other thing. He was very easily able to just catch her and wrap her up. I'm like, Odette, you're really not good at this. <laughs> I'm not really great at the swan thing. <laughs> like, well, I don't know why you wanted this, but you did. You could have had the puffin do it. Well, okay, yes, that's my thing. It's like, I have to go. I have to rescue him. And I'm like, no, actually, you don't. You have this dark arts orb. We don't need to turn you back into a swan. How about we just make the puffer penguin fly? He's already stuck as a penguin. So if the orb breaks or something crazy happens, hey, no harm, no foul. He now can just fly. No pun intended. No foul. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would be. He would have been w- actually way better off too, because he would have been healed, magically healed, and able to go mm-hmm. and and handle everything. And okay, also she's you know, squatting at this castle. The first thing, if I'm gonna make any <laughs> any fixes, I'm gonna figure out why there's a waterlogged cell. Like, let's fix that whole thing so you don't get stuck in here again. Like, that would be one thing that I would <laughs> like. Let's fix this. But no, sounds smart. Here we go. No. We need another place. I mean, place. they have no help to do that. That's, That's the thing uh... is they're squatting on this castle, but like, <laughs> I don't want to do any of the repairs. Are I you mean, kidding me? Yeah, that's true. They got four of them there, so it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And she's only got the one dress. Actually, she's got two. She's got the like worker made dress. Yes. Yes. Which... She has her Cinderella, my house chores dress. <laughs> and then my big puffy 90s Odette dress with the white and teal, which is so iconic. But that's about it. Again, hard times have hit the kingdom. She has no clothes. She has no servants. 
She's just stuck here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a great, great first year of marriage. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I know they say the first year is rough. Typically you don't have that much money, but you're so in love. And yeah, I think times are going to really, it's going to hit them very soon. They need to figure out a way to collect some taxes. (laughs) Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. No, I like them not collecting taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag in the Fed. So there was one user review on IMDb that I thought was really funny. So I want to share a little bit of that. So this is X Alfie X and gives it two stars out of 10, calls it rubbish and says, this is the worst sequel I've ever seen. Really awful songs. Well, hold on, hold on. You, he, it said rubbish. Rubbish is typically a British. That's probably a British person. You need to read it in a British oh, accent. You're Chelsea. right. Don't hate me. Anybody <laughs> I can do it. Okay, you do this. The worst sequel I've ever seen. Really awful songs, which is upsetting considering how fantastic the first film's score and story is. Also, which ruins the film for me is the fact that there is no John Cleese. So John Bob might as well not even be in it, and the new villains are dreadful. It is really annoying how that old woman type thing can't string a simple... <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so true. String a simple... <laughs> string a simple sentence together properly without repeating her words over and over and over again. But to be fair, Uberta not shutting up a bit is a little bit funny. But the fact that it was her 50th birthday, why do they draw her looking like an eight-year-old? <laughs> I was going to give this a one, but now I think... Dot, dot, dot. I might give it a two. But still, the storyline is nowhere near as good as the first film. It's similar without the humor of certain characters. Overall, I dislike this film entirely because of the disappointing music, the severe lack of voice talent, having changed the voice of Prince Derek and Jean-Bob, the new villains, disappointing storyline, the annoying habits of some characters, and the very simple animation. Two stars out of ten. He picked up on a lot of the things we said. Yes. No, yes. There's, there's two things. A lot of things that are spot on, but also the fact that... This person is just like us and the fact that they're probably our age and some this is back in 2007 when they when they wrote it. Uh, they're probably somewhere yeah, around our age. Maybe it was age. a girl. I, I made an assumption it was a man, but most likely maybe it's a girl. I'm, I'm assuming this is a girl. <laughs> I think the target demo for this film and all of the sequels are females, so right. the worst sequel I've ever seen. Really awful songs, which is so upsetting considering how fantastic the first film Yes, you get the picture. I get the picture. Probably more realistic, yes, than some 30-year-old guy. <laughs> but it's Which like... this was given in 2007. He was probably like, he or she, he or she. Most likely she. Or they. Yeah. We'll just stick with Rubbish. them. Sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just, I, 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 there was a lot of things that I was like, yeah, you know, you hit that. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I will say, though, that I give this probably more, I'll give them more credit than they, this person did. Because I actually laughed quite a few times just at the the sheer stupidity of it. So I would probably give it two stars out of five, which it, which would have been four stars out of ten for them. Well, no, don't go don't go by their rating. No. Go by our rating. I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, out yeah. of five. <clears throat> so because there's on here it's out of ten, and so yeah. that's basically a one star. Yeah. So a two star would be yes. four. So I would give them more credit. I, I actually enjoyed it to an extent. I liked laughing about Ooh. it. I liked having fun with it. 
knowing that Morgan, as you continued down this path of doing all these things, you'll realize, you know, they're just, they, they make fun of themselves a lot too. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to take this as seriously oh. as many people would. I thought you were going to say the Star Wars quote saying I was going down a path. You're going down a path I cannot follow. I cannot follow. Star Wars, yes. <laughs> you don't want to join me. Oh my gosh. I've already uh, seen some of times. them. <laughs> the, the, like I said, the lightsaber duel in that episode is, or that uh, movie is probably the highlight of the entire series for me. I can't wait. I really can't wait to talk about Uberta this. Uberta so. and well, Rogers going at, at it. At the time that this episode comes out, I this this is you can already see my review. It's already going to be online. But at this point in time, I've only seen episode two of The Swamp Prince. Here we go. So my review, I am going to give it two and a half stars. Like while it was bad, it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. There were some, some interesting moments here and there, kind of. I mean, I'm really trying to give it some, some credit, but <laughs> I actually had a lot more enjoyable time <laughs> reviewing this film, and I think that's why I'm rating it higher, because I was like, it was just so funny to talk about with Chelsea, and I enjoyed my time so much. That's so this true. podcast I rent, I rate it 10 out of 10. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I, anywhere between like a two and a two and a half stars. I mean, it... Yeah, they didn't try very hard, it seems, it, and uh, it shows. Yeah, and I think that might be why I'm giving it more of a, <laughs> giving them more credit too, just because I had a, t a great time talking about it with you. So the whole, it, it just, <laughs> it adds a funny to the whole situation. So I'm, I'm good with that. So let us know your thoughts. Go to rotoscopers.com slash Instagram and find the Swan Princess 2 post and let us know your thoughts there because I'm interested to know. And also, since the YouTube video, I watched the Swan Princess film so you don't have to. That will be out. The link to that video will be in the show notes. And I want you to leave a comment and leave whatever you want to write about it, but leave the hashtag Castle Squatters so we know <laughs> you came from the podcast. Yes. I mean, that could be a great reality show. You know, just talking about people who squat on castles and episode one could be all about like house hunters, you know, yeah. Derek and Odette didn't want to live in their parents' castles. They decided <laughs> to find their own. She loves Swan Lake. It has sentimental attachment to this particular lake as they thought, why not? Let's just squat on it. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. Until next time, we, we are, are the Rotoscopers. The studio was New Entertainment or Rich Animation Studios. I'm sorry, Nest Entertainment. I'm Nest. I'm, get it? Nest Swan. Ah, Nest, yes. <laughs> well, there were, the first thing you notice is Odette. <laughs> I'm laughing at this. <laughs> first thing you notice. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, don't steal my words. Um, I won't. <laughs> I'm just reading ahead of the script and I'm laughing. See, this is why we should have watched this together. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> next time chelsea come on so anyway okay um is it jean bob <laughs> that she's like going against or is it puffin i don't know <laughs> i don't even remember i, don't I remember <laughs> like i don't know so <laughs> <laughs> fabulous yep <laughs> did we do you already say this no
<laughs> I, I'm leading you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, you actually don't. You have this. Where is my line? Where is my line? <laughs> <laughs> line. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening. 